but no, I told you it's not the right one. I don't know, Junction or something? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com, where each week we feature another conversation with a stage performer where we delve into what makes them tick as artists and we get a peek at what it's like behind the scenes. This week, we are so pleased to feature Maria Derisari. 16-year-old Maria is a rising Latina pop artist who blends her culture into the music scene by infusing her Colombian heritage into her artistic identity. Maria's publishing credits grow longer by the day with over 10 songs on your favorite streaming services, including what you just heard in our intro titled Junctional Rhythm. Listen for the rest of that song at the end of our conversation. So let's welcome Maria to the podcast. This is Maria. Excellent. It's so nice to have you. Welcome to Living in the Limelight. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on here. We are so excited to have you. Listen, I wanted to ask you, because in your notes, um, you're a theater student, and I wanted to see if you thought at all about the title of this podcast, because we haven't talked much about it, and I figured if you're, not necessarily your situation, but if your theater teacher um, mentioned Limelight, or if you've use that phrase or if you know the origin or anything about it. If not, I will explain. Yeah. Oh, go for it. I, I do know all about it. Oh, good. Uh, limelight, I would, well, I would like to think, I think that a limelight is like your own spot in the attention, like you're literally standing in the spotlight. Would that not be the limelight? Yes, that is the traditional modern sense of it. I guess I'm trying to take it back a little bit to where the term c- came from. Well, then please tell me. I don't know. Well, good. And you can take this back to your uh, theater teacher and to all your friends, and they'll be quite amazed because I, I, like you, have used the phrase. Actually, I learned the phrase from the band Rush. They have a song called Limelight, and it talks about just what you said, living in the limelight and performing on stage and whatnot. And uh, so I dug into what it means, and years and years ago, the canned lights that were in the top um, lighting up the performers were actually... Um, composed over contained the chemical lime, the powder. And when that is heated up, it emits a very bright white light. And so it was called a limelight. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Th- now here we're with uh, LEDs and all the modern uh, trappings of the today's theater, but uh, taking it back a ways, that's, that's where it came from. So, again, welcome. Um, I'd love to tell everybody... Um, how we met and please correct me because I'm getting up in years, but, um, and I know I met you when you were 13 and you were a performer for Georgia has talent. And at that time, at that evening, actually, you premiered your very first single blindfolded. And, uh, just to repeat to everyone, she was 13 and it's kind of probably the theme of today's conversation is how a very young person can take a skill that is so obvious and so apparent and, move with that and grow and and try to make something out of it and so maybe if you want to reflect for a little bit um on that experience and that first song i'd really love to know kind of um and part of the purpose of the podcast here is to get into the minds of the performers because we 
as fans, we as people sitting in the seats, it's hard for us to get anything beyond maybe just hearing you or seeing you or, you know, listening to the music on repeat or whatever. But we don't know often what goes on inside your minds, what goes on in planning for a show, what goes on in making a song. So if you maybe want to reflect for a little bit on Blindfolded being your first single and putting it out on that at that show and kind of the emotions behind all that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So Blindfolded, it was essentially, I had been taking a lot of vocal lessons and a lot of guitar lessons for a long time. Mm-hmm. In my entire family, we were starting to wonder, okay, where do we go now? Right. She knows she wants to be a singer. She knows she wants to have songs out. We don't know what to do. And so my teacher at the time, who is now my beloved producer, he's amazing. He goes by Lazuli Vane in the art world, and I know him as Patrick Taylor. He okay. said, I can help you. I can produce your first single. I think we should do Blindfolded. And so when I wrote Blindfolded, it was at summer camp, and I was totally in love with this guy. I was infatuated, <laughs> which was really funny, because like, what does a 13-year-old know about love, right? Right. And so I, I loved the song myself, and it has that cool little like Latin inspired bridge and I thought it was perfect it was such a cool song to start with so I went with Patrick I recorded it it was such an amazing experience and after recording it I was like okay when does this come out what do I do now (laughs) right I have this I have this gem I don't know what to do with it and that's when I was like oh my gosh Georgia has talent I can release it there that's that's a giant stage there are people there I can actually do something with it so that's why I decided to release it as Georgia has talent and I remember singing it on stage with that little fog machine that mm-hmm. my mom had helped me set up. She was having <laughs> so much trouble behind the curtain trying to get it to go. But I had uh, my drummer helping me. It was I had the guitar in hand. It was a great experience. That's amazing. And I, again, the theme of you being at that time 13. So was it, oh, yeah. I mean, like I, I hear a performer saying it's kind of like giving birth, it's kind of like, producing a putting a book out into the world you really are you're revealing something of you in my normal day I mean I guess it's different now with being having a podcast I'm going to be I'll be out in the world so to speak so with what I say but my day-to-day life is uh you know I, I, I teach and I'm in front of my core group of people that I see every day and there are no high expectations necessarily for me to please the world but you as an artist and as a people that I'll have on this show, you're, you're opening yourself up. You're, you're taking a part of yourself and putting it out into the marketplace, um, just like a writer would or whatever. And as a 13 year old, maybe contrast your 13 year old self to today, because I know you're very actively writing songs and you're putting them out at an incredible pace for your age, for sure. What have you grown personally in that, that realm? And when you were 13, were you, were you so scared or were you so excited and, your emotions have they changed or they just is that same kind of process every time so at 13 I think I was definitely a little bit more uncertain than I was now but I wasn't I wasn't so much nervous I I was definitely excited but I felt like I had already been doing it for a long time I felt like I already was a recording artist like I already was releasing songs so it felt so right to do it that I didn't feel like anything like significant like oh my god this is the first song it's like oh this is what I meant to do. I've been doing this. It's fine. And now it's 16. I just, I feel more secure because I know the process and I know what's going to happen. And of course there's that hope that, Oh, this is going to be the hit. This one's going to make it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we never know. Diamond could make it tomorrow. I'll never know. 
but it's I've always felt like a grown up. And probably looking back in ten years, I'll be like, Oh, I was so immature as a sixteen year old. But in these three years, I don't think that there's been too much of a difference. Well, that's good. And you're still in your formidable years for sure. Um, yeah. I, it, it's hard for me to take myself back to that time. And this may be something you don't know about me, but um, one thing that drives me regarding music and um, performers is that I was an active drummer at, at your age. And I was at that point of, um, do I really want to, do I don't want to do this? Do I want to take the leap? I was in a band and they were talking about going to Austin, Texas and the music scene there. And they did. And I ended up going on the scholastic route and went to college and whatnot. And I've always carried in my heart, you know, this, this drive to, to produce something for myself that, you know, I share with other people and, but it's also a huge fear. So I admire you 1000% for just for doing it and continuing to do it which I guess maybe brings me to the next question. So you were taking lessons, you were learning on instruments, and your house was a musical home. But if you were to try to go to the very core of what brings you to do music um, from your from your heart, like when you sit down and you're like, I really want to do a song. I want to, like when your 13-year-old self was talking about, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in love, quote unquote, and I want to express that on paper with the lyrics and then I want to put music to it. What can you f- identify anywhere in there? Like the kernel of the, the, the source or what, what makes it happen? Because I, that's probably what you would embrace going throughout your whole career. And it's what it's yeah. a question I'm going to ask everyone I talk to undoubtedly is like, what, what drives you? What, what gets you up in the morning besides your day to day things you have to do, but to sit and practice the guitar, practice the piano, practice singing, all those things. Um, that a lot of people might see as a chore because again, we see you on stage and we see the beauty coming out, but what, what's that process for you? Like, how do you feel? That is an interesting question. You know, it's so (laughs) hard. It's so hard to pin down where that inspiration comes from. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things, because I thought about this question on my own, I was like, why did I decide to start writing songs? Because I wrote my first song at like six and I don't, I, I can't really remember what started that one. But I guess in my family and in in the classroom, too, I've always been the one to just say something, you know, Mm. like I'm not really a quiet person. I've always just said what I what I feel, what I want to express. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really what what got me to start saying something. And that got me like, oh, my gosh, I should start saying this in song form if I'm such I'm such a good singer and I enjoy music so much. Why not try the song form? And then whenever whenever I would listen to songs on the radio. When I was little, I didn't really understand that songwriters and singers are different jobs. Singers don't necessarily write their own songs. Exactly. So I was like, oh, if I want to be a singer, I have to write my own songs. So I just started doing it because I didn't think that there was a choice not to. Uh-huh. And now I just I just love doing it. Like, I don't see it as a chore. I don't even see my life so scheduled, like block by block, get up, practice piano, go to school, all that. I just do it. It's so nice. I love it. That's amazing. And, and it's truly, it speaks to, you know, what will continue to propel you forward because it's that old saying of, you know, um, love what you do, not necessarily do what you love or both. However the expression is, you, you have to have that fundamental like passion for it or something will happen and it, you know, you'll be extremely disappointed. Um, the passion Mm -hmm. will push you through everything. And I see that, I actually see that on, 
on social media with you uh, through some of the posts that you, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm playing around the guitar. I'm going to sing a couple of songs, you know, just, and there are several artists that are just like you that I, I'm in my opinion, just um, live the music and let it come out. And uh, yeah. I, I think I'm no, I'm no expert and I can't, no crystal ball in front of me, but I think that's really what's going to be in the end um, what does it for you because the door mm-hmm. will open when it opens, but you having the um, desire to write your own songs and put the instruments behind it, um, I think would really, you know, is going to be the key. I think some people maybe do it out of obligation because, oh, you really should do this. You need to feel pressured. You're just driving. And um, I think that's great. So yeah. let's talk about balance because I know you do Taekwondo, which is just like me. And I know you're Indeed, I do. <laughs> and I see you progressing through that. And that's amazing. If you want to tie any of that into this answer, this discussion, feel free, because I know Taekwondo brings a lot to the table for a person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But so we got the uh, musical theater, we've got the Taekwondo, we've got songs, original songs, we have local performances, um, social media. And so the key is, is balance. So it doesn't drive you crazy and in one, any one direction. Um, how do you, how do you do that as a 16 year old you? Because it overwhelms me to watch you do all that <laughs> <laughs> and it probably overwhelms oh your God. mom. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But it, um, that's a great question. You know, I, I haven't really thought of, of balance because like I said, I'm just like doing stuff that I love. So it's not so much a schedule that I have to keep compact. But now that I think about it <laughs> last year, I got really overwhelmed with everything. And I got into the car one day and I told my mom, mom, I have to quit Taekwondo. I don't want to do music anymore. I want to just go to school and be a lawyer in something. And I don't know. I don't know what had gotten me to that point because it was insane. I was doing musical theater rehearsals four days a week till 530. It was it was go, go, go everything. And I just got to a point where I couldn't take any anymore. And my mom looked me in the eyes and she was like, (laughs) too bad. Snap out of it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Tough love. Yeah, that really helped me, honestly, because now I'm great. So she just slapped you around a little bit verbally, and that was it. Yeah, absolutely. And so now, you know, I go to Taekwondo two times a week. And once again, I think one of the big players in keeping my balance is that I love everything I do. If I didn't love what I did, I wouldn't go to it, and I would feel overwhelmed with it. Absolutely. So I love Taekwondo. And, you know, as you know, Taekwondo is very balanced and discipline-centered. So yes. I think that it's just like dug its way into my brain that it's like, okay, I have to have balance. And with my discipline, I can do that. So I do all my homework. I try to do anything that I can in school so that doesn't carry over after school and interfere with my music or anything that I want to do. Absolutely. Musical theater, that is pretty scheduled. You know, I have it every day after school, 530, sometimes two days after school. Oh my goodness. And I love it. So it's no problem for me. And then social media, my mom helps me with all the time. So that's amazing. It's not really a weight on my own schedule. Oh, that's so but nice. But I'd say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So nice. And then, I don't know, balance is just it's there for me, luckily. It wasn't last year, but, you know, tough love. Tough yeah, love always. The way you've painted it, it's actually, it, it, you, that it is what it is. You create your own balance by um, going to the things that you like. And, and if there's no time for it, if it doesn't happen, then you you go at it again another time and don't let it weigh you down. I think it's a good point and it's a, it's a refreshing point from a 16 year old. And I, I, yeah. going back to what you said about, you feel like an adult. I feel like you're an adult cause they're very mature <laughs> outlook that you have. And yeah, I know maybe myself included, I know many adults that 
focus a lot on, okay, I've got to do this, but I have to do this because I want to maintain the balance. And they, they schedule it and do this and this. And, and maybe lesson learned, it could be we all should do what we like to do within reason. We have responsibilities, of course, but, you know, and embrace yeah. what we like to do. And then when the, uh, when the pressure hits, we listen to that. And, um, or we talk to your mom, I'm going to send them all to your mom <laughs> and let her just give yeah. a piece of mind and say, snap out of it. Um, cause that's, <laughs> that's really refreshing. Very yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah. not on the, on the end of like bragging or anything, but I do know that you're an excellent student and oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I might've read that somewhere. So you're not just, you know, doing the Taekwondo and you're doing the music and whatever. You are maintaining a very high caliber GPA, um, which again oh, yeah. <laughs> will, will open up many doors for you. Um, mm -hmm. There are numerous institutions um, around the nation that embrace both of the, the academic side and the performance side and kind of mix those together. And uh, I'm sure you've started Indeed. to look. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Vanderbilt right now. They have a Vanderbilt. really great five-year... They have a really great five-year college or program for music and then getting an MBA. So it's one of my options that I've been exploring. Well, you know, that's Nashville, Tennessee. It's a lot of places. <laughs> There's a little music over there. So <laughs> yeah, I applaud your efforts. I was there for two years, and uh, I know the city pretty well. So we'll, we can chat about that sometime, too. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I think you're going to have super a lot of success in that area. So I want to kind of transition over to um, gear because – I'm a technologically minded person and I'm always looking around like, Oh, what's that? Ooh, and be it for computers or for here. I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm staring at the, um, uh, it's a, like a podcast mixer. Basically it's, it, it's a mixer that you would use to mix different levels and stuff. And I apologize at the very beginning of this. I had you way low and me way high, but I think I've got it adjusted. But anyway, it's a bunch of lights and dials mm -hmm. and whatnot, kind of entertaining. Um, and I have some music instru musical instruments around the house. What about you? Do you have some go-to stuff? Like when you see a um, a vendor produce like a brand new guitar or a certain type of microphone or something, are you like brand loyal or you appreciate certain things about certain things? Mm -hmm. And kind of describe your gear because we see you again up there doing your stuff, but we have no idea what's involved. And, well, this makes my voice sound more soprano or whatever. You know, you, I'm just throwing some yeah. terms out. What do you kind of look for in your stuff? Well, I got to be honest. I am very ignorant when it comes to the world of technology. Ah. So whatever is there, I use. And whatever I know the best is what I use. Interesting. So, so tech-wise at home. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Tech-wise at home. I, I know I have a Harbinger speaker. I have an LYX speaker. I have my Hummingbird guitar, my Fender electric guitar. But most of my tech I got, like my mic I got, which my mom and I just found out is a piece. 20 mic i think okay. so that's how much we know about tech. <laughs> and um they were sent over by my uncle who is a tech nerd oh. so we're relying on him all the time because me i'm like a notebook and pencil kind of person well that has but, its benefits you know, of course yeah but the tech the tech i have access to has been incredible so far especially with patrick and recording it's been mind-blowing i wish i knew more about it so you'd say that you kind of generate the song, the lyrics and whatnot. When you take it to Patrick for the studio, that's when you're in the environment and you're using the quality stuff. Or do you bring, like, do you bring your own instruments with you or are there instruments for you? Like when you sometimes play guitar? Sometimes we use, I always, I always bring my guitar. Sometimes I bring my ukulele. 
I brought my electric guitar once, but sometimes mm. we'll use some of his instruments because he has a whole load of guitars and they're beautiful and amazing. And he has his keyboard. So we'll mix it up within each song. That's great. And I, I remember pictures now that you say that of putting in my mind, um, some posts probably, I want to say a year ago, um, when you were having some studio time, mm-hmm. See, paint, yeah. paint that a little bit for us because, and I'm, I might be old school here, but, um, and I'll mention the band Rush again once because I was just listening to a podcast about them. But um, back in the 70s and the 80s, it was like studio time was was premium. And what they would do is they would play, they were like 20 years old in Toronto, Canada, and they would play six or seven nights a week at, at a bar. Um, they the, Apparently the drinking age had been lowered from 21 to 18. And so they were 20 or 19 and they could play these places. But then every night they would go after packing out um, their gear, they would load in to the studio and work all night and then keep doing that on repeat. They'd have a few hours of sleep for the next show the next day. And that That's kind of that insane. grind, y'all know that grind of trying to get it done amidst, you know, doing what it's like producing new music while they're performing. What's studio time like for you? Do you, um, is it scheduled out like I'm going to be there from two to four and it's going to be, X, Y, and Z dollars and this much. Is it, Yeah. how does that, how's it typical for you? The studio for me, it's, it's probably one of my favorite places on earth because Patrick, he, he has special deals for me since he taught me uh, for so long. So mm-hmm. it's been incredibly affordable for my family and I. And then for the actual like place that we go to, we go down to Jacksonville during like school break. So I have no homework to worry about. Mm-hmm. I can just go and chillax. So it's like a vacation. We usually work four, maybe five hours a day. And then, like, we go around and we eat at restaurants. But we do really fun stuff. And then within the studio itself, we're working, like, the whole time. There's no time to waste because I'm only there for, like, a week. Right. But we get it done. And it's, I'd say it's pretty balanced because with all the work in the studio, we then go out and, like, play on the beach. Just amazing. Yeah, no, that balance sounds good. And, that's, of course, that's the key to your whole thing here. I mean, it's, it's big and bold yeah. in front of us. So would you say a song is generally 80% done how much does it typically, I mean, you've got so many now that maybe it was a different story for all of them, but how much does a song typically change from what you had in mind, including all of the instrumentation, or do you kind mm-hmm. of, do you take bare bones uh, to Patrick and he has, well, you know what, we should put a shaker in there or we should do that. And it, mm-hmm. it, and it's just like, it accentuates the main idea or do you have like some songs that go through a total evolution in the studio environment? Right. So it does, kind of depends on uh, on each song like of the how many have I released? 11 wow that's insane of the 10 of the 10 that I released only uh wait wait a minute I've tripped on, on my words okay 10 of the <laughs> songs of the 11 that I've released have been completely written I have the chords down mm-hmm. there has been no change in the writing itself and the melody itself in the studio except for I Am Enough which we uh, tightened up a little bit because that song I wrote when I was much younger I think I was 12 but instrumentation wise and like the guitars and the drums and all that Patrick has an incredible mind for knowing which instruments should go where Mm -hmm. so I'll bring like references to him I'll tell him I would like this kind of vibe in the song I really like this song because it reminds me of what I want to say and so he absorbs all that information and I lay down the sketch I tell him where I want the most active parts to be in the song Mm -hmm. and then he brings the instruments he plays all the stuff I could ask for. He's insane. He's actually a genius. 
Yeah, and I think he he's a performer as well. Like I think I've seen a few yeah, posts where he goes he and does is. some performances. That that's great because uh, again, you would want to work someone who is is in the industry and knows the ins and outs and can help you. Oh, this worked and this didn't work, and it's someone who's very musically minded. So it sounds like you're in great hands. Um, yeah. In fact, I'd love to at the end. Um, and this might be something on the website, but um, if he is open for new clients or whatever, um, at least get his contact information for people to see too. But um, mm-hmm. I wanted to move on to um, on the horizon or things that are coming up for you. Um, I might have heard mention of a musical that's in the works. Yes. <laughs> Tell that me is about correct. it. <laughs> I am so excited about it. Uh, well, I, I started writing it in, I think, October, yes, because I was in the shower one day, and I've always wanted to write a musical, or at least start writing a musical, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there singing, doing my typical shower monologue, and then I was like, wait, that's such a great idea, and so I was like, what if I wrote a musical about pirates love murder and salsa? This all happened in the shower. It was like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally boom, out of nowhere, wow. I got the idea. And I was like, this could be worth pursuing, and I don't want to let this idea go. So, you know, I started collecting some song references. I've been working on writing some of the themes. I've written about two of the songs so far. And it's, I like how it's coming together. It's an interesting story with some pretty badass plot twists. It sounds amazing, and I'm sure you'll keep us up to date on the progress of it and probably put some teasers Absolutely. out on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I probably will, yeah. <laughs> we hope so. Well, very cool. Um, before we go, I wanted to um, just have you ask any questions, say anything you wanted to get out to the universe. I know that um, the master of all masters, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is probably not going to hear this podcast. It may not get in front of him, but if you were to sit down with him, um, well, how would that go? Like, Would you pitch your new musical to him? Would you just ask him questions? Would you just... If I gave you an hour with him, by some miracle, what would it, how would it go? What would what would happen? It would be the most important hour this world has ever seen. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would probably pitch my musical to him. Yeah, I feel like he would understand because I find it similar to some of the stuff he's done. I feel personally connected to Lin Manuel Miranda because you know the the artistic Latino, you know, trying to make his own mark on this world. So I understand that much. Yeah. And I would probably ask him a lot of questions. I would probably ask him for contact information of those around him. Oh, I would I'm sure he song. has quite a network. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it would be an incredible one hour with the one and only. And in thinking about it, if you were to, I don't know, paint a, a dream job in the limelight, would it be something something similar to his where he comes up with a, Hamilton, for example, and then stars in it for you know, take a good good run before, you know, someone else takes over. But would you like to have the creative control and the performance control all of that? Or do you feel like your um, your your zone is more in one or the other? Like, would you, could you be him? But be you? <laughs> I think I, I would be happy in a job similar to his, but I would probably want a little bit more diversity than just like writing musicals and then performing in them. Uh-huh. Because as, as you know, you know, the singer songwriter, I got to keep that up. I have my own uh, recording to be done. 
And then I have a lot of crazy dreams that I plan to like make happen. I want to be an actress at some point. I want to maybe even form my own talent scouting company. I want to found a school. You know? Oh my goodness! I have a lot of a lot of ideas, but a job like Lin Manuel Miranda's would be a great place to start. I think a great place to start. I love how you dream big, and sixteen-year-old <laughs> mind is—it's not sixteen. Something in there's an old soul about you, and. Uh, I, I just admire the energy you have. I applaud you. I support you. And I can't wait to see what's next. So um, thank you for being on Living in the Limelight. And of I'd course. love to have you back on the show sometime. When we, uh, maybe when your musical's out, we'll revisit it. Absolutely. It Sounds would be good. my pleasure. Okay. Well, let's go out with tell me every single possible way people can find you. Oh, I don't know if I can name every single pop. We'll put them on the website. So many. So many. But just to have them in there. (laughs) Okay. Well, you can search up my name on Google, Maria DeRosari. I know it's a hard last name. B E I R I S A R R I. Oh, yeah. It's moderately (laughs) difficult to pronounce for some people. I'm on Instagram, Uh YouTube. Search me up on Google. I'm on TikTok. I think I'm on everything. My website is www.mariedersari.com Fantastic. So you've got a website, you have all the socials, you've got YouTube. Uh, at 16, you've got published music. You said 11, I think. Um, it's very, very possible that that Lynn is in trouble. <laughs> you, you, are, you are chasing his coattails for um, greatness and I think just uh, yeah, keep that balance and keep it up and we are, we're proud of you and can't wait to see what's next. Thank you so much. I will keep it up. I promise. Awesome. All right. Stay in touch and we'll talk to you soon, Maria. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye.